This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted Pride of West London end of season podcast. It's the final podcast of the season. Season's over. It's absolutely no no playoffs, no no relegation battles, no no no. There's nothing. There's no more football. Actually, there might be a little bit of football, but we'll go into that in a little bit. But technically, there's no more first team football this season. So we've managed to find one last reason. To come back to the pub, load of mates, there's loads of us this time to have a few drinks and just basically look back at the season, have a bit of a laugh and celebrate what a fantastic season has been with Brentford FC. So uh, there's so much to cram in, so I just need to get on. We're actually at the Cross Keys pub in Hammersmith in Black Lion Street in Stamford Brook. Wicked little pub. It's just tucked away in between the houses. It's kind of like, you know, the, the Lord Nelson, which is in Brentford, in between the houses. The Cross Keys. Wicked little pub. You should come down there. Second podcast we've done from here. And they're absolutely teething tremendous. Really, really friendly. So if you're ever in the area, if you decide to go up to sort of Fulham Way or Hammersmith or QPR Zone... Come up and pop in here and have a couple of drinks with them because it's absolutely wicked. They've got a little garden there as well when the sun comes out and it's not too far from the river. But listen, I've got loads of guests here. I need to crack on myself. I'm Billy Grant and uh, I've got a load of guests and I've also got one special guest. I'll introduce the characters in a minute because to be quite honest with you, you know, you don't need to, need, to, need to know who they are. But we've got for the very first time, we have a Brentford first team player live on the Brentford besotted Pride of West London podcast. Reese Cole. Hey! Reese, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. That's good. You, you a bit nervous? A little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit different to a normal interview, but yeah, it's all good. You've got absolutely nothing to be nervous of, Reese. So listen, do you realise that this is a record? You are the, the first ever current Brentford player to appear live on the besotted Pride of West London podcast. I never knew that, no, but it's great feeling. <laughs> I mean, we've had a couple of oldies. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had a couple of the old school massive inside there, and we'll probably have a little clip of them later. And we're hoping that you, you know, 
you're not going to turn into them because one of them, like, you know, there's a bit of bank robbery thing going on in the family. The other one, there's a bit of break dancing on the floor. And I'd, I'm just wondering, is this the kind of thing that happens when you've played too much football? It just gets too much for you. You start doing all sorts of malarkey. Hopefully not, because otherwise I'm just going to have to email Camera now. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully not. I mean, for a young player to make your first team debut and appear on the podcast, it must be, must be something like dr- dreams can only be made of stuff like this. Dreams have come true. <laughs> That's right. So listen, Reese, we're going to come back to you later because we're going to be chatting to you loads and loads on this podcast now because there's all sorts of stuff happening, including a massive game against Manchester City on Monday, which is coming up 7 o'clock, which we want everyone to get down to, which should be absolutely teething tremendous, we say. We'll come back to that too in a bit. But listen, around the table, I need to be quick to get around there because there's so many people. I'm going to be running around the table. I'm going to get so dizzy by the time I got round here but I'm going to go to the left of me I've got the man Crumble Chris he's been on air so many times this time the Crumble Chris he's just He's just part of the furniture now. The Chris, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, Bill. Yeah, like you said, um, uh, second half of the season revelation, uh, much like our, our fa- one, one of our favourite Spanish sons. So yeah, very much happy to be here. Cheers. Okay, I'm glad that you're happy to be here as well. I've got the Savvy B. Savvy B, uh, you've been out there in the islands filming all sorts of characters living on boats and stuff, haven't you? I have, but I'm going to put that to, to one side today because I'm going to provide strong and stable leadership for this entire <laughs> podcast and try and get over the coalition of chaos that is around the table at the moment. <laughs> Tell you something, you, you, you look out for your mates, and that's what we like about you, Savvy. That's why we bring you in, in every now and again. Sensible chap, the Savvy B. The Dutchman is back. How are you? Very well, thanks, Billy. Um, very well. Savvy's going to be the leader, and he's guaranteed a landslide, so I'm just going to provide the credible opposition. <laughs> I can't, can't say a lot about that. Laney Band, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm not going to talk about John Terry's mum tonight. I've decided. I'm going to talk about the election as well. Uh, which election? Um, the French one. Okay, that's good. All right, a bit, bit, a bit different. The Allard. Yeah, I'm good. Um, there's probably a, a liberal Nick joke somewhere, but I've, I haven't found it in the last 10 seconds to do with the election. So, um, yeah, I'm all good. We got, and she, I don't know, the last time that you've been back here, because you've just been, you've just been avoiding us, the, the Ali Malali. You, where, where have you been? You only asked me once, Billy, to be fair. I've asked you a few times, but you keep on, you keep, you keep skirting around the issue. Oh, I've got work, I'm doing this, I'm hobnobbing with all these famous people. I wish I was, but I have just noticed on social media, it's Johan Barbet's birthday today. Oh, happy birthday to Barbet. Johan Barbet? Bon anniversaire. That's right. The Waterman, Greville, how are you doing? Very, very well. And actually, it's a, a double French celebration for Johan and also the fact that Le Pen didn't get in, which is the best news of the week. Indeed, indeed, indeed. So listen, let's moving on to, we've got another. We've got, I mean, Rhys Cole obviously is a podcast virgin because he's not been on the podcast as well. But we've also got, an, a, sort of his namesake, Alex Cole. I mean, I mean, how can you, how do you know that you can get two Coles on one podcast in one week? It's amazing. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> That's got, what a weird introduction. Um, yeah, we're not related, it turns out, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, good to be here. Well, to be fair, that's the only reason why we brought you on, because we thought you were. Fucking hell, thanks. <laughs> so listen, it's going to be a right laugh today, hopefully. So we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. Listen, I just want to go around the table, because I'm going to ask you as well. Season's over. So if this season's over, um, tell me one word. That sums up how you feel now that the season's over. Crumble. I'm just disappointed it's over. Uh, I've got to wait till August for it to all kick off again. Um, but looking forward to the... Disappointed. So have you been? Uh, sanguine. Oh. Dutch. Satisfied. Reese. Exhausted. <laughs> Laney. Moist. <laughs> the the Allard. Chilled. Ali. 
Worried. Great. Smug. Grateful. Relieved for me as well. And as you know, I'm not going to go on too much about it, but 100% season for me, and it's all over me. Actually, tell you something, you know what happens with me, and I'm very happy about this, that I actually share something with Nico Yanaris. And it's not eight first team goals, is it? No, 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 no. Or his missus. It's, um, it's, it's your 100% record, do I believe. That is right. I'm not going to go... Oh, oh, but Nico Yanaris actually 100% playing football bill you've done 100% getting pissed <laughs> so I mean I think I'm more envious of you than him to be honest with you but. yeah okay but anyway it's great and I'm, I'm paying for it this whole summer where I'm not allowed to go anywhere I'm going to be you know just, just, just washing dishes and mowing the lawn and all that kind of stuff but it was 100% <coughs> worth it which is actually great so Nico um, <laughs> you got the eight goals and you're getting all the plaudits and I'm <laughs> going to be mowing the lawn but anyway we'll move on from this so listen as we say, we're going to move on to the social and we're going to be talking about what happened at the beginning of the season. Because at the beginning of the season, there's lots of people who are very, very excited. They thought, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to go up? Are we going to get relegated? Are we going to get promoted? What is the score? Let's have a little look back and see what the posse said, how Brentford are going to do at the start of the season. So at the beginning of the season, we asked all the people around the table here, plus more people, loads of people, people up and down the country, exactly how, well, first of all, Brentford were going to do, and also how their teams were going to do. And it's all logged down here, and it's really interesting to see it nine months later, who got it wrong, who got it right, who got it oh, absolutely terrible. But also, I mean, we just thought, you know, maybe this is time to well, ask Reese. Well, I'm going to play my Ask Reese card early, and I'm going to ask Reese a question. Reese, I've got a question for you. What did you predict for yourself this season? What, what kind of hopes and, and, and what was your benchmark for this season? Well, my main, my main targets at the start of the season were to come back fit and in good shape and try and be in and around the first team for pre-season sort of thing. Um, I had a good few games under in pre-season at Millwall and um, another one at Griffin Park Peterborough yeah at Griffin Park and that was a great experience and then I thought maybe I might get another couple of bench appearances throughout the season maybe make my debut but not for definite because I'm still only a first year pro in hindsight so yeah that was my target just to just to be in and around the squad and just train with them every day and just catch the gaffer's eye and hopefully one day trust me to go on the pitch. So you, you, were you doing star jumps in front of the gaffer and stuff like that? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, but you know, seriously, you know, you, you, you're kind of one of those kind of patient and kind of realistic young players. You, you know that you're learning your trade and you're not kind of like demanding places and you kind of know that you're kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's a journey. You're, you're embarking on it still. Yeah, yeah, it's good because... The coaching staff have always told me, especially even with my parents, have always told me just bide your time. It's gonna come. Like they do rate you, so just just keep on working hard every day, and then hopefully when that day does come, that will be a next stepping stone for another way in my career. So you didn't at the beginning of the season. You didn't say this has got to happen. That's got to happen. That's got to happen. It was just about working hard and just kind of doing all you can to. Um, to, to make people notice you and, and, and to you know seize the opportunities. Yeah, that's all it was. It was just um, just try and get recognised as as well as possible, sort of thing. Just to try and impress, leave leave a good um, image in the gaffer's head and all the coaching staff's head, so that, like I said, when it does come to that day, that they do trust you when you go on the pitch. 
and and I mean that's your your career and you you sort of planned it out and you knew what you're going to do. But looking at the first team as well, when the first team season started, what did you predict Brentford were going to finish? What position did you predict? I was hoping we was going to get playoffs. Um, didn't we didn't start off too bad and. It was just that Christmas period, I think, where it lost a few games on the trot and it lost a few points. And then the last quarter of the season, lost a few games maybe that we shouldn't have, but bounced back and the home record towards the end of the season was brilliant. Like It was what every fan and what we wanted to see. We wanted to push for playoffs and just missed out. They did miss out. And just talking about missing out as well, we're going to go around the table here as well because, like I said to you, lots of people put in. And shall I just quickly run through these? You know, we've got Ali. Ali, wicked. She said ninth. Fair enough. Um, Savvy B, 11th. Nick Bruzon said eighth. Lou, um, Lou Lord Lucan, sixth. Liberal Nick, um, 12th. And uh, and uh, sort of a, a combine harvester. Um, Matt Allard, the Allard, 10th. Uh, me, I said I was a bit excited. Sixth. Jim Levac was even more excited. said fourth. Um, Gemma. Uh, seventh, Ian Westbrook, who should be here in a bit. Ninth, Greville, the Waterman, 11th. Paul Grimes, the man of all knowledge, 13th. I mean, the year of no faith, eh? Um, Restall, 10th, and, and Laney, 10th as well. So we had, And where did we finish? Um, we finished 10th. Oh, OK. <coughs> so uh, we had, I think we had three people inside here as well who um, who came in on the 10th tip. Four, There's, Oh, sorry, the Dutchman as well, sorry. Uh, well, the Dutchman actually apparently did some sort of verbal sort of kind of thing at the beginning of the season when everyone was drunk or something like that. So we're not quite sure we can, can verify that one. Yeah, just refer back to the podcast in question, Billy, and you'll see that I think it was 10th. <laughs> yeah, so basically we got four temps inside there as well, which is, uh, which is not bad. And it's what I think was quite interesting that, I mean, no one except for Grimes, he put us down below than 13. So everyone thought that we were actually going to be doing relatively relatively well this season and finishing up as a top 10 team. I mean, has anyone got any comments to say about that at all or about their own performance? Um, yeah, well, I'm glad we finished in the top 10. Um, we, we, we proved that we're an established championship team. I think um, we, we can be really confident that next season we're going to improve on that. You know, we, we've, we finished 10th with um, a team that got stronger and stronger. And we all know that it's really disappointing to, that the season wasn't two months longer. If we, if we were, you know, if we started playing as well as we could have done a month or so earlier, if Yotta was playing at his best and he was back, you know, a little bit earlier, I know that we had to wait for transfer windows in January and whatever. It is what it is, you know, the timings wise. But, you know, we, our form is, is, is up there with the best. And, you know, I, I don't see why we wouldn't have finished in the playoffs if we had a few more games to, to you know, for a few more points to play for. So next year, it's, it's all about next year. Yeah, I completely agree with Laney. I think uh, the games that come to mind straight away are, you know, the Newcastle game at home could have gone the other way. Brighton game at home could have gone the other way. Wolves game was a poor performance. Any other day, I think we would have won that. Blackburn at home, nothing to play for. If, we, if all those games turn into wins, it's a very different season and we end up in the playoffs that everyone predicts. So, we're only a couple of games away from that from that level. Uh, I don't want to blow uh, blow people's bubbles, but um, yeah. <laughs> but you will. But I will. Uh, yeah. Those those nineteen games from the Aston Villa game onwards to the end of the season, we made thirty one points. Out of those, I mean, it felt great at the time. There was lots of brilliant performances, but thirty one points out of nineteen games spread over the season gives us seventy five points, which uh, Fulham got into the playoffs with eighty. So we wouldn't have got into the playoffs if we. When all season like that, we've got to improve. We've got to get better. Yeah, um, I, I agree with Sam 100% with him. Is that there's, there's actually quite a big step to make. 
Um, I, I put my hands up. I did say 10th, and, I, and we were 10th, but actually, if you read what I wrote, and I, I reread it the other day, is that basically what I said was that I thought two teams would probably be the best two teams in the league, without a doubt. That kind of happened. And there'd be a team at the bottom that would end up being relegated before Christmas or something. That, that kind of happened. And actually, I didn't have a clue where we'd finish, but it'd be somewhere between that. And um, I just sort of had a punt at 10th, five, but I didn't really have much of a feel for it. I think this, I think this league is really... It's really tight. And if you look at Blackburn, they're not a bad side. And, you know, we saw that Saturday and they got relegated. So you, you can't get carried away in the championship. I, just, I think we're just saying all exactly the same things we were saying at the end of last season. In that, um, you know, we finished the season strongly. If we'd had five more games, we might have been in the playoffs. And the season, in some ways, is almost repeating the season before because we have that alarming slump around Christmas time and then all of a sudden pull ourselves together and pull ourselves out of it and... Yeah, we're really going to kick on into next season. Let's hope next season we really can kick on. I think one of the key things to remember is we have the second youngest team in the league after Barnsley, and that's brilliant. We basically did it without any impact from loanees all season, and I think that was deliberate policy. And the other thing about it, just to celebrate, in three years in this league, we have never been in the bottom three at any point. And, uh, you know, what odds would you have got from that? What, how many of us would have said that in 2000? And I mean, again, great top 10 team for the third time. And, and everyone's talked about it as well. Like, you know, it's interesting because you talk, you look around the leagues and everything like that. And we uh, put a little interesting tweet up on Saturday or Sunday. Sorry, the game was on Sunday saying that, you know, interesting. But Tin Pot Brentford, Tin Pot Brentford are playing um, Blackburn Rovers, who are the ex Premier League champions. And also where you can, um, we can actually, uh, the, 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 the fate of also um, of the League Cup, extra league champions, league, uh, league Cup winners as well, which is Birmingham City. And also we can affect the act of the ex-European championships, which is Nottingham Forest. And we laughed about it, Tim. And then all people came to us and said, oh no, Tim Pot Brentford, we don't think you're Tim Pot anymore. We think you're actually quite good. So maybe the tide has changed a little bit where people actually started to take us a little bit more serious, which is actually uh, a very good thing. Um, now, coming back to that as well, let's just actually have a little look back at... We've looked back at what we our predictions were at the season. Actually, Paul Grimes has actually come in, the Grimesy. The Grimes, we're going to introduce you, Grimes. It's absolutely impeccable timing here because this ye of man of no faith. He's got all the knowledge, he's got all the wisdom, but he has no faith. The man who predicted Brentford to finish 13, Grimesy. How are you doing? Oh, very well, Bill, thank you. I did say this would be a year of bringing through the younger players. It's great to see <laughs> young Mr Cole here tonight. So... I did say no higher than last season, um, but that was because I th felt the, the squad uh, needed strengthening, which, in fairness, has proven to be the case. I mean, we, we can probably have a, a, a little bit of a debate about that, which will probably go on all night, you know, but um, um, we won't go there at the moment. We'll come on to that a little bit later, but let's just go back to the other teams in the league because it is really interesting to go around to see what the other fans had thought of how their teams would do. So, not only did we make predictions, but we spoke to bloggers from every single league club at the beginning of the season to ask how they were going to do. And, um, I mean, we got a few of you. You went around and you were actually looking at other teams. I've got to go to the Allard. Allards, I mean, is there anything that took your, your eye? Well, I mean, Colin Abbott, who, um, was, who wrote or was involved in the big Aston Villa book of the 70s. Um, what a brilliant book that is. <laughs> Available on Amazon now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, he said that um, he thought that um, Derby County were nailed on to be to be promoted because of the recruitment of manager Nigel Pearson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
which went well. Um, he, uh, he he did. To be fair to him, he did also predict that that Villa would get relegated um, and they'd finish in 24th. I, I don't know how serious he was about that, but he definitely had a down on it. And to, and really, although Villa didn't get relegated, obviously it was a bit of a struggle for him. Um, the guy from Barnsley, from the um, the West End Bogs, um, he kind of thought that Barnsley would would hold, you know, would do all right, and they'd probably um, could be the surprise packet of the season. And to be fair, that you, you know, you could make an argument that that was reasonably that was reasonably accurate. Um, Daniel Ivory, Birmingham City, often partisan. Um, he, he, it's funny with him. He, he kind, he never, he kind of thought that Birmingham would not do particularly well. Um, but he didn't predict a pre uh, uh, an early season brilliance followed by a late season turn to be absolutely awful, nor any of the sort of rubbish that went on with their managers there. Um, but, you know, kind of fair. Blackburn Rovers, Mickey Delap, that sounds like a footballer, doesn't it, from, um, from Rovers Blogger. Um, he just wasn't very excited about the season at all, and I suppose that kind of sums up where, where they ended up. And then, of course, we had Laney. Oh, yeah. who did who did the who did <coughs> how, did, how did he get on this he did rather chat? well because he did he did suggest that it might be a roller coaster and he did suggest we might finish 10th uh. <laughs> um i and i couldn't really pick out my oh yeah and he did say that um hot extended loan was a big disappointment but he didn't suggest he'd come back but i can't really pick pick much out of that lady okay so yeah so savvy b as well you know just a couple of teams that you might have looked at which you thought that was interesting or not interesting uh, well, Bristol City, um, they naively thought they'd still have Khadija for the whole season. So uh, mm-hmm. that was a bit stupid. Uh, they predicted 11th, came 17th, so they did quite badly. Burton expected other teams to underestimate them, which they did for part of the season, fair enough. They predicted 20th and got 20th. Ooh. Very good, very impressed with that. Cardiff, uh, they expected Leeds to be the surprise package because uh, they think Gary Monk's a really good manager. So they got that right. They predicted 8th which was the same as last season, but they got 12th, so they didn't do too well. Uh, similar to, um, to Matt, uh, the Derby, they thought that with Nigel Pearson, they'd found the right manager. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be instilling discipline, etc., etc. Uh, they predicted second. Oof. Yeah, they came ninth. Well done, Derby. Uh, Fulham felt they got the right manager for a top-half finish, um, but they thought it would be difficult to go up. Let's hope it still is. Uh, they predicted ninth came sixth and lastly Huddersfield were very very excited by their management team and they really thought at the very beginning of the season they really thought they had a good season ahead of them uh, they predicted seventh uh, but came fifth they did really well so Alex <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really find very much um, particularly interesting I have to say uh, the only thing I got was QPR predicting that they finish 13th not just avoiding relegation but that is that is literally about as interesting as it got because actually all of the people that I read through were pretty accurate with their predictions and, and what was that just say I mean, who is that like just seems like oh you know, just... um, I mean you had Rotherham predicting that they wouldn't do very well okay. <laughs> <laughs> which, which, they, which they didn't um, I think there was he was complaining the Rotherham guys complaining that they hadn't signed anyone at that point. I can't really remember them signing anyone I've ever heard of after <laughs> that either. So it was all pretty accurate from the people. Uh, what about Wednesday? Oh, you put me on the spot there. I've not read that far yet. All oh, right, <laughs> sorry. So listen, listen, Laney. Yeah, um, most of them were fairly accurate. I mean, New, Newcastle, Newcastle, the um, NUFC index, they predicted first. I mean, that wasn't hard to guess, was it, really? I mean, everyone had them down. I don't, but everyone was reckoned that they would get 100 
plus points this season. And I thought they would just walk the league. And they, they you know, they, in the end, they, they only clinched it in the last game of the season. And, and they, they, put, they struggled at times. You know, it, it didn't go for a club of their size and their spending power. It didn't really have it all their own way. I mean, they, they, they lost twice to Blackburn Rovers. Um, and they were they were pushed harder, I think, than they thought. Um, and I and I don't think necessarily their their odds on for guaranteed survival next year back in the Prem. They're going to have to spend a lot of money. Um, they've got it, but let's see what happens. Um, there's a lot of turmoil happening there. Our old mate Harry from Bath, Harry from Bath, Ipswich Town Football Club. Um, we love you, Harry. Fourth. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, you're you know you got. You got more more stats than smart odds, but you know. You, you, what did he say? I mean, did, did, you got oh, well, any of the phrases that he said at all? It was all that. It was a huge algorithm that he. he, <laughs> he, he it was it was lots of numbers, and it was like it was. I had to pie and stuff like that. I had to get charts out and everything, but it, the number at the end equals fourth, which <laughs> is um, is woeful, mate. It's um, you know, in your dreams again, you know, and this isn't this isn't really trying trying to rub salt into the wound. Um, but I think Ipswich are one of those teams that are kind of living on past glories, um, and they've they've had really great times. You know, who, who would ever take away their European Cup wins? Who would ever take away those that brilliant rise from getting promoted out of the second tier and winning winning the title the next year? I mean, they they've had a magnificent history, but you kind of think I'm thinking you're a million miles away from being challenging at the top. So, you know, I feel, I feel sorry for him. Leeds United, James Brown, um, ex-editor um, of Loaded. He was on uh, Match of the Day this week as well, I think, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, I think on Match of the Day 2 or something like that. Now yeah. he's, he's moving in them he's, circles. Yeah, he's, in fact, I actually got him a ticket for the Leeds game, actually, as well. So as a Leeds fan, so he's sitting in the Braemar Road. He didn't call me after the game, I have to say. Yeah, he's, he's got a better, better agent than me for plugging his books. Um, I know he's got a new one out at the moment, so it's, you know, good luck to him. But um, eighth Leeds United, so yeah, so you know, again, not not a million miles away. He was confident. Um, it's about time Leeds were on their uppers. You know, they they have a huge, huge, huge attendance figures, huge, huge season ticket sales. So. And, and they're champions of Europe as well. Oh, they're always champions of Europe, although they've never have been. It's a great song. It's a, it's a great lie. Um, Norwich, my old mate Ed Cousins Lake, he's, he, he had a disappointing season, sixth. I think they were knocking on the door a lot. They blew hot and cold. They, you know, they wiped the floor with us up at Carrow Road on, you know, on the lowest point of the season. They wiped the floor with Reading, who, who finished third in the end. Um, so, you know, they had some real high points, but they, they, did, they couldn't cut it over the, over the whole season. Um, Danny Wetton, Nottingham Forest, ninth. Ooh. Hang your head in shame, Danny. Yeah, that's um, Forest, yeah, Forest Forever, Forest TV boys as well. Good set of lads as well. Yeah, we, we almost didn't see him next season. Almost, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, you know, um, again, it was down to their. They must have bitten their fingernails right down to their, down to the big knuckle at the top, not um, not the middle knuckle. So yeah, it was a, it was a very edgy last last day of the season for them. Um, again, with their history, they don't want to be they don't want to be down the bottom. They're not they're not bottom feeders. But you know you you, you get what you deserve in this division. And then last but not least, um, Jeff Ollerton at um, Preston North End, ninth. So again, they finished eleventh, I think. Um, we finished above them. They were a long way ahead of us at one stage, and they were having a really good season. And I thought they they might be the surprise package there and get into the playoffs again. They've had a really good season. P and E lads, absolutely top bunch of blokes. 
looking forward to seeing them next season. Um, but yeah, so all in all, the ones that have got it woefully wrong, Harry at Ipswich and um, Danny at Forest. Right, that's a, and I just thought we'd take the opportunity as well because we've got a, you know, got to ask Reese. I don't know if there's anyone around the table who's got an ask us. We've got to ask Reese about that as well. The Allards. Reese, um, we've been talking about a lot of other teams, um, and um, I'm going to slightly divert because I could ask you about the best team you saw in the championship. But I'm going to ask you. In fact, I'm going to ask you two questions. What was the best team, championship team you saw, and what was the best side that the B team played against this season? I'll start off with the best B team side that we've played against is um, Villarreal B. They were. Unbelievable! They were Spanish third division. They play in like the BT. They play against some strong sides. So we turned up to play against them. Ten o'clock in the morning. It was thirty odd degrees. We were sweating. No air conditioning on the, on the coach or anything on the way there. So we're all pretty knackered before we play. We get onto the pitch and we're playing against some players like Xavi. They were unbelievable. They were some of the best players I've ever played against. Them my career yet so far and, and and also the best team as well that you feel that you know this, you've seen this season Brentford 100% um, so, sorry the no, best team that Brentford have played against this season um, I'd probably have to say Newcastle Newcastle because they are just the strongest team in the championship uh, they weren't great when they played us at home but they still got the three points at the end of the day I think um, you should have a return fixture against Villarreal next season. Um, play at Hampton and Richmond, yeah, on a Wednesday, on a, in February. All right. I think, I think right. that would suit us as well. Yeah, <laughs> they wouldn't. They wouldn't like that at all. Bobbly pitch. Turn the heating off. Yeah, cloudy. Change rooms are stinking and cold. Yeah, they wouldn't like that. That's right. So listen, we've we've listened to last season, we've listened to the bloggers, and we're going to probably do, hopefully, if they've talked to us again at the beginning of this next season, we'll find out again exactly next year how every blogger around the country is going to do, and also us around there, we'll see, we'll see how Brentford's going to do next season, and we can do this all again in 12 months' time. But listen, season's over, but season's not quite over. Still got one more game, which we've got our young chaps playing. Monday night, Brentford are playing Manchester City. 7 o'clock, Griffin Park. Everyone should be down there. Go down there. Listen, you ain't got no more football. You ain't got to go to. Even if you're going to get in trouble, just sneak out for a couple of hours, right? You could just take it because it doesn't matter. You've got the rest of the summer to make it up. Monday night, 7 o'clock, Griffin Park. Get down there. We're playing Manchester City. Big, big side. Lee Cosby's coming back as well with the Manchester City boys as well. We're going to talk to Reese Cole. Free. It's free. And it's free. Free to get in. Absolutely. Zero, zero pennies to get in. So, Monday night. Get down there, Manchester City. We're going to talk Reese Cole about the B team after this little twang. So as we're sitting here in the Cross Keys pub in Hammersmith with all the besotted crew and also we've got the first ever Brentford player to appear on the besotted Pride of West London podcast, Reese Cole. Hey! Even Reese cheered himself, actually. That was quite good. <laughs> You're really happy, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, if you're happy, I'm happy. And Laney's happy. Yeah, and we're all happy, aren't we? Hey. So listen, Reese, it's been great having you on here and getting a little bit of insight. And listen, you're a member of the B team, but also a member of the first team as well. You're kind of a straddler. Like, you've got a foot in both camps. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like you're sort of seeing, you know, which one's, oh, I'll stay here for a little bit. Oh, that's quite good. Oh, I'll go over there. That's doing a little bit better. So, you just, you know, and then you can't really make up your mind, can you? No, it is, it is hard. Um, one, one minute you're with the first team and then, then you're with the B team. But it's, 
like the manager's got into all of the young boys that are up with the first team is how you do when you go back down with the B team shows how far your career's going to go ultimately is how you deal with setbacks sort of thing I'm not saying that the B, going back to the B team's a setback but it's it's not where you want to be sort of thing so listen I mean there's been a couple of matches that we played recently as well and recently I mean I think it was last week or maybe this week last week actually you played the Orlando Pirates um, and you beat the Orlando Pirates 4-1 as well and you scored, well, you scored a couple of goals as well didn't you yeah I got two goals um, it's the first time I scored two in this season in one game so it's good to get a few goals um, yeah they were a lively bunch I don't know if you've seen the videos on Twitter of them yeah. singing but they were bloody lively. <laughs> I tell you, I, mean, I, have, I have seen that as well. And like I said to you, Orlando Pirates, I mean, I've actually seen Orlando Pirates play in Johannesburg. I've um, seen a couple of times. I actually saw them win the league um, 2003. They played Witson University and went up to Rustenburg. Took about four or five hours to get there. And it's absolutely, they're lively. Their fans are lively. Everything. If you've never been to a South African football game, just go, you know, just as you do, just get on the plane and go. But go. It's absolutely fantastic. And the, I know the Pirates were playing last week. I couldn't come and see them play, but I absolutely love the Orlando Pirates because they're lively um, the football that they play everything about them they're just characters as well and like I said to you I went to see them win they, they won the league um, they introduced me to all the characters I met this guy called Zion who's a lovely bloke RAP he's dead now unfortunately but he's one of their top boys Orlando Pirates and after the game it was brilliant because after the game we were in this minibus and we came back and it stopped off and there was this impromptu petrol station party and basically all the pirates just stopped at this petrol station and there's a massive party for about 500 people in this petrol station. I've never seen anything like that before and uh, probably like you were saying, I mean, you, you were saying there's lively, the singing and everything like that. Well, I mean, what was going on in the dressing room? Oh, when we're getting ready in the dressing room, obviously we've got our own music on and that and the, we're having our team talk and we could hear a few voices and that and we're thinking, oh, what's going on? Because it was a game behind closed doors so we knew no fans were going to be coming in and we open the door and they're jumping around the change room, singing, banging on the walls, banging on the doors and just, just making a racket, really. <laughs> so, so did you have to go down to the river and meet them from their boat? <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> did they not come on a boat? No, not, all, pirates come not, to not all pirates oh, uh, go on the boats. Oh, well, I think that's miserable. <laughs> I think it, the Orlando pirates should have come on a boat. Yeah. So next week you're saying that they'll be playing with patches on their eyes, yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're not bringing any parrots. No parrots. <laughs> oh, dear. So listen, so the pirates, and, and like I said to you, and also, I mean, you say they're lively and noisy, but also, from what I can hear, is that it was actually quite a tough game. Yeah, it was a hard game. We dominated for the first 20-odd minutes and got an early goal. And then they, con- they we conceded. They got, a, I'd say, a lucky set-piece. Um and then it spurred them on for the next 10, 15 minutes. But then we just got back on top. I got my first goal. And then half time came and we just started strong in the second half and got the two goals and just got our second wind and just bossed the game. And I mean, it's Orlando Pirates, but I mean, you look down at the, the fixture as well, the fixture list for how Brentford uh, B team have played this season. And we played some illustrious. Um, Teams, you know, we've played your Liverpools, we played your Man United, we played Bayern Munich, you talked about Villarreal, you talked about, you know, all these other teams, Manchester City, we played Chelsea, we played uh, Wigan, um, we've played other teams as well. And I mean, I'm just wondering, you know, what teams, you know, we talked about one already, the Villarreal game, which I think you said was, was, was one which was wicked for you, but also, you know, what else stuck out for you, that, you know, other games and, and maybe a few players? I think the Man United game um, at the stadium. 
I knew we, we ended up drawing 3 3 and it went to penalties. Oh no, we won 4 4 3. Yeah, yeah. It was a Liverpool game that went to penalties. Yeah. Um, that was great because there was more fans than there was at the Liverpool game. I think we had just over a thousand people there. And um, obviously, Man United, you're a big academy, massive club in the world, so they're going to be producing good young players. Um, one player that stood out in that game was Sean Goss, that was playing, he's now at QPR, he played against us a few weeks ago, and um, yeah, he was a decent player, and it shows that at under-21 football, and similar to B-team football, that you can play in the championship as well, and the lower leagues, so we might be playing in the, in the B-teams and the 21s, but some of us, we can handle ourselves in championship environment sort of thing. And it's interesting because you say you handle yourself in championship environment as well. There's been a lot of hoo-ha about whether or not B teams should be included in the league. Should they be included in Division 3? You know, I mean, you talked initially about Villarreal. And Villarreal played in the, was it the third division in Spain? You said that they were wicked. Now... Some people are saying, or people in, in, in authority are saying that B team should be part of the league because it's going to help English football. It's going to make us much better. We're going to win the World Cup. You as a player, I mean, you're kind of out of this because at the end of the day, you just want to do what's best for yourself. But do you think it would be better if, say, Brentford B team was as part of a league or a part of a cup or check a trade trophy or whatever it may be? Or do you think it's kind of working as it is? I think it's kind of working as it is because you're not going to get all say 18 players in the squad 20 players in the in the B team squad that are going to be able to compete in League 1 League 2 check a trade trophy playing against first team so it could be a bit of a waste of a time but I think that's why the loan system is good for the young players just to get out on loan if they're good enough and if they're wanted by the lower league teams to go out on loan then it's a great opportunity to go and prove yourself and Monday, we've got um, Lee Carsley coming down. Lee Carsley obviously was Brentford manager for a period of time also, but he, he, was, uh, he was very instrumental in the academy as well. And he is, uh, is one of, uh, I think, one of your coaches as well for a period of time as well. And obviously Lee left to go and, and he was heading up the Manchester City Academy as well. So it's going to be interesting coming down, say, Monday, 7 o'clock, freebie at Griffin Park, come down to that as well. But it'll be nice for you to see Lee come back because I'm sure you've got a bit of an affinity with Lee, innit? Yeah, Lee, Lee was a great coach. Um, he's a gro- great bloke off the pitch as well. He's a brilliant character. I think, like we said earlier, that football does make you a bit bonkers and he's a prime example. He's he's a brilliant character. Um, yeah, he's all you would want in a coach sort of thing. And and, and I said and Lee's coming down as well, but also what's interesting is that Lee Carsley, I mean, he must have been instrumental and there was a very good Manchester City player, if I remember rightly, and you can fill us in a little bit more, who obviously they said, listen, we're not sure, I mean, Manchester City, top of the Premier League, and we're not sure whether or not you're going to make it in the City team. So what we're going to do is that we're going to send you to Brentford. So we signed a player from Manchester City. Could you tell us a little bit more about him? Yeah, Joe Hardy, he's um, short, stocky, little centre-forward. Um, he just plays a bit like Scotty, how Scotty used to play. He used to want the ball to feet sometimes, but also he's got that pace to run in behind and burn the defenders. And he's got a great... His finishings are unbelievable from what we've got at the moment his finishing is probably the best at the club and, and, and again you've got to inform because a lot of people don't know about the B team they might get a chance to go and see them on Monday but you know Joe Hardy is he a, a regular member or has he come off the bench what's the score with him how does he fit into the, the situation I think it, I think Kev Kev and the staff let him know early that 
he weren't just going to get a place in the side straight away just because he's from Man City. He has to work for it and has to prove in training that he's good enough to play in our team, even though he's come from Man City, because Manchester City ultimately is just a name. It, there's 11 players on each team, so you've just got to prove what you can do. And we're going to ask Reese. We're going to, again, this is another little Ask Reese session. We've got another character who want to go and ask Reese. Uh, Alex? Um, so you said that Hardy's the best youth player or best finisher that you've, you, you're currently at the club. Out of all of the um, players at the club, including the first team, who would you say is the top player that you've played with so far? It'd have to be Harley. The consistency we've seen throughout the season. Um, he's just he's he's just a rock at the back, and in training, he gives 110%, and that's that's the reason I think he's playing so well Saturday, Tuesdays, because he's just so consistent in what he does every day that it works when it comes to game days and it's just the most simplest thing to do. Ask Reese anybody out there another Ask Reese question? Yeah. Greville? Um, just going back to the B team and you mentioned the Man United game. Is it Josh Boy who went to Man United? Yeah. Now, without necessarily talking about him, is there more opportunity, say, in Brentford B or going to a Man United? I mean, what's the advantage of being with a Brentford as opposed to one of the big clubs or would you all give your eye teeth to be there if, if you could? No, I think it's. I don't see the point in being at a massive club at my age, personally, because you're not going to make it straight away. At Brentford, you've got more of a chance of making it and getting a name for yourself and proving that you can, like I said earlier, do it in the lower league so that hopefully we do get games under our belt in the Championship and then who knows from there, sort of thing. I'm going to ask Reese as well. We've got the Savvy B. Yeah, I'd like to ask Reese. Uh, how did you pronounce Ilyas's surname? <laughs> I'm not even going to try oh, with that one either. <laughs> oh, oh, my question was, how do you spell it? <laughs> I start with a CH and then I'm done after that. <laughs> go on, go on, Sav. Go on, give it to go me. Go on, Sav. Hatsi Theodoragis. So uh, it's interesting because we're talking about the, the B. The, we're going to do the, 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 we're about the B team as well. So we've got the B team, but, you know, it's come to the end of the season as well. And, and you say it's, it's interesting because, I mean, there's all sorts of... And we're going to talk about Brentford team as well now, as who's coming, who's going. But in the B team as well, obviously, contracts are up or at the end of the season. Some people get renewed, some people don't get renewed. And the fans are always flapping around trying to find out who's coming, who's going. But how, do, you know, how does it feel for you when it comes to the end of the season? How do you know and... What about the other players and do you get a vibe as to who's coming and who's going? I'm not asking you to name any names, but what's it like around this time of the season? I think it's hard for some of the, some of the players that know that their contract's up. Um, you can see with certain people's mentalities how they want to conduct themselves day in, day out, whether they're going to prove to the coaches why they're worthy of getting a contract or just toss it off, really. And um, That's the kind of vibe you get from some players is... Maybe they won't work as hard as what they should do, but some players will be out half hour early doing what they need to do, trying to impress the coaches to try and get another contract. So, um, I mean, obviously we're talking about you know the end of the season now. Keep coming back to this. Monday night, Manchester City, big team, uh, very good academy. They're coming down there and they're playing Brentford at Criffin Park. You're obviously going to be playing there. And, uh, I mean, we don't know the team. The team could be anything, but normally there's certain players that could be playing, probably like your Shy Boos and your Elias and stuff like that. How's this game going to pan out? Because you've already played Man City a couple of times this season now, haven't you? So 
And I don't think we've beat, we've drawn with them, I think, once maybe. And I think we lost to them once. I can't remember exactly. This is my trying to do a bit of an encyclopedic thing on the B team thing going on. But um, how do you, what do you reckon on, on, on Monday night? And how is it going to pan out? Because I think lots of fans want to come down there and they want to know a little bit more about what Brentford are going to be doing. Hopefully, hopefully it's going to be a, a good game where, where we win. Because obviously, like you said earlier, we've drawn and lost. I haven't played against City yet, so it's going to be a good test for me. Oh, so it's, it's basically it's because you weren't playing that you, that you, that you haven't won, isn't it? Yeah, yeah exactly. So it, it's, <laughs> that's the whole reason. So when I play Monday, hopefully we're smashing 5 6 nil. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think everyone knows that they're, they're going to bring a strong side. Lee's not going to, he's not going to come light. Um, he's going to come out and try and ruin the party sort of thing for us. But um, yeah, we just got to turn up and show them what we're good at. And again, not so to say we're going to give the team away or anything like that. But who's likely to kind of be out? Because obviously, you look at the team. There's there's players that seem to be sort of kind of regular first team. Like you're obviously obviously a regular first team starter, you know. But you know, there's this few players that are going to be out there, and also a few maybe a little surprises. Um, obviously, you're going to see the names like Chris Meppham, Zane Westbrook, um, me. Um, <laughs> of course Lucas Talbro is another youngster promising youngster um, Danish fella um, good fullback. Um, he's just young at the moment so he hasn't really been in and around the first team but with another couple of years experience and playing teams like United and City then you never know he's got a lot of potential I think it's a brilliant way to end the season to be honest for, for Brentford fans I think um you know, Sunday's defeat at Blackburn, you know, whatever you thought about that, whether we could have tried harder or whether we were out on the beach, I don't think either of those things. I just think it meant more to, to Blackburn and we weren't gonna we weren't gonna get injured trying to trying to win that game. But I think um the B team has been a remarkable success this season. I think it's, it's a huge amount of positives that we can draw from that. Um, and there's some um, brilliant talent coming through and I would just urge all Brentford fans if you're not doing anything on, on Monday well, if, if you are doing anything Monday, cancel it um, get, get down 7 o'clock, it's free, free to come in um, hopefully the weather's going to be nice like it was today you know, Braemar Road will be open sit there and just watch the future because you know we can all share in one thing and that is we are an exciting, progressive team um, and we've seen nothing to... To, to, to think otherwise that we're going to have a brilliant season next year and a lot of these players that are going to be playing on Monday will be playing a bigger part in that so get get your asses down there Indeed as well and also like I said that, you know you're playing for Brentford and you, you know you, you're playing for the, the, the B team but also and there's a number of Brentford players as well who have actually sort of played at international status as well um, I think Ellery Balkum has played at England is it under 18s or is it under 19s under 18s as well uh, tell us who else has been playing at international status who, who might even be on the verge of it as well not including yourself of course but. <laughs> Lucas like I mentioned earlier he's um, he's played for Denmark under 18s as well I think in the in this season um, just trying to think who else there is. Um, Shaibu, you never know. A couple of more first team appearances. He's trying to push for the Danish under 20, 21 side. Um, yeah, all of us, we're, we're, all, we're all trying to get recognised by our, our countries, but it's, it's hard. Like You're not always going to get people coming to watch Brentford B because we're not playing in the typical youth league, whatever it is. Um, we're just out of sight, out of mind kind of thing, but it is good for our development because of the teams that we are playing against. 
and, and and you say that as well because I mean obviously you're trying to get into the to 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 the teams out there, the England team as well. But we have got one player, uh, Rico Henry, and I know he's part of the first team as well. But it's still very important because it's part of the England under twenties as well. So Rico Henry has actually been called up for the England under twenties in the World Cup, which is going to be in South Korea. And we've got one of the RBs who should be listening to this, Lester B or Dan Su. Um, hi, Dan. How are you doing? As well, he's moved out to South Korea for a period of time now. He's very excited. He's got a flag made up. He's going to be going to the World Cup as well. Uh, I think there's one other person that might be going out to that as well, who we may talk about another time, but as well, you know, who might be going out there to have a little peep. But Rico Henry. Um, now, how good is that? That you're a Brentford player. Um, who's actually going to be playing at a World Cup. You might say, oh, he's only under 20, but the fact is that he's playing at a World Cup and he's a Brentford player. I mean, this is a big achievement, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant for the club to to be recognised and mainly for Rico to be recognised for his performances. He hasn't he hasn't had a, a long season in the Championship, but when he's played, he's done well, sort of thing. He's um, He hasn't had many games, but when he has played, he's, he's, he's played to the best of his ability, I believe. With the Grimes, I'm going to ask you to ask Reese. Uh, Reese, uh, last season the, the the surprise B team player coming through, or not surprise to everybody, but surprise B team player was Tom Field. Um, just a two part question: A, what did you think of Tom when he was playing alongside you? And B, who, we've mentioned a few uh, players from the B team uh, in that last bit, but who do you think uh, next year? Who's other than yourself? Who do you, who do you think? is going to be the B-team player that breaks into the first-team squad next year. So Tom Field first, and who's the who's the star that's going to get through next year, under 21, into the first-team squad? Yeah, well, Tom Field, um, he's just, he, he's a consistent player. He's he's always given his all in B-team, well, when it was under 21s, sessions, training sessions and games, he's always been the consistent player that done his job and more than likely done a little bit more when he needed to. So, yeah, I think Tom's like a great addition to the first-team squad this, this season. And I think when he has played, he's played really well as well. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a good battle for Tom and Rico to battle it out. So you never know who's going to be playing next season. It, it could be Tom or Rico. And anybody else as well? I think he's saying anyone else coming through? The next, who's, the, who's the next generation coming through? I'd say Shaibu. Um, as you've seen this season, he's probably had four or five appearances where he's come off the bench. He got, he won the penalty against Barnsley. Was it Barnsley? Rotherham. Yeah. So he is a he's a promising striker as well. And um, yeah, there'll be no doubt that he'll be playing quite a few games next season. And, and it's interesting as well because you talked about the low. Just coming back to that because we, you know we, we're trying to move on to the next podcast, but you keep saying things which really interesting as well because you think that the loan thing. You mentioned the loan. Um, set up in the UK is much more influential than maybe throwing in the B team thing. So for somebody like yourself, even though yeah, you go into the first thing, because we've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast, as you and I know you've chatted to me, you know, quite a lot beforehand, where you're saying that you know you're you, you're very happy of, of our support because we we support the B team a lot. We think it's a really great setup, um, and we think it's really great. Now the fact is that we're thinking that um, you. So yeah, I think a reindeer flew over the, and I was completely distracted there actually. But the reindeer's gone now, so I don't have to worry about it. What are the reindeers doing in Chiswick in or Hammersmith in, in in the summer? I've got no idea anyway. But anyway, we will go on the loans. 
the loan system. So do you think, right, that you would like to be loaned? I mean, I know you're in the first team, but we're saying it's difficult. If we were in Division 1 or Division 2, you'd probably be in the team every single week, you know, just like, you know, there's other players that come in in Division 2, you know, we even loan them down to Division 2, so that's no problem. But as we're at the top end of the championship, it becomes much harder for you to actually get into the first team because hey, there's so much at stake, the, 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 the level's so much higher, so it, it's, it's much more difficult to you. So the whole idea of being loaned out to a Division 1 or a Division 2 team, does that kind of, like, you know, do you look at that and think, this is a good thing for me and this is something that you want to do or you think is going to happen? Um, I'd like to think that I'd, at the start of next season that I'd stay and, and be involved. Um, but obviously, if it, if it needs, needs to happen, it needs to happen because ultimately with the B team, you're not playing for three points and uh, the fight and with the other players on the pitch, the... The mentalities are different. So if, if we go to the lower leagues, then you're playing for the three points. You're, you're playing for your career, ultimately, to be playing in the professional game, say if you're in League Two and not dropping down to the conference. And, and again, this may be not a fair question because I know that you don't choose necessarily where you're going to go because they'll come and approach you and also it's up to the coaching staff. But is there a particular type of team? Like when they say, right, we're going to loan our B team players out, they won't put you anywhere. Do they put you with a team that plays a particular style? And, and is there a little process that goes on as well? It would have to be um, a similar similar style to how we play. Obviously, championship is it's not it's not like League Two. It's going to be more get it down and play, but it's going to have to be a similar style of play to what to what we have at Brentford. And, and, and as you say as well, we had, I said Manny. Manny went down to he went down to Cheltenham as well. Now Cheltenham haven't had the best season, but they just managed to avoid relegation. And if I remember rightly, and again, I'm just trying to do my B team sort of kind of print it from the vaults. He didn't have a great start, but at the end of the day, this is kind of what happens because it's like new for him. He's he's in a, in a, a professional and, and and a competitive environment, but then he became I think better, and he became actually one of their key players. Um, you must talk to Manny a bit. How does he say talk to you about how his loan spell when it went, and how positive is that experience been for him? Yeah, Manny said he he was over the moon with how the last six months of his seasons gone really he's um he's come back he feels as a different player learning things that he maybe wouldn't have learned with the b team um but he yeah he's he's come back really positive and hopefully he'll be playing on monday night okay interesting i'm gonna ask one more ask Reese questions. Anyone else got an ask Reese question? Ah, yes. Oh, yes. We've oh, we got we got a double bubble here. And are we going to go ladies first? We go can ladies first. Ali. Can I do quite a light-hearted you one? You can here? do what you want. Actually, it's the end of the season. Let's keep it light-hearted. You're a bit of a free kick specialist, Reese, aren't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who's your free kick god? There's a right answer here. It's got to be Beckham. <laughs> it has to be Beckham. I'm very impressed that you even know what your future is. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it has to be. No, no. I was thinking Beckham. I was thinking Beckham. You think he's Charlton? Sorry? Do you have a routine to match Sam Saunders? Um, I'm thinking of one in particular. Not the falling over. <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably wouldn't be, wouldn't um, wouldn't look great, but Sammy can pull off anything, can't he? <laughs> the Westbrook. Double question for me. Um, I know you train with the first team. I was going to ask you, first of all, how the first team is with the B team players when you come into a match day squad in the championship? And secondly, is there a lot of rivalry between B team players? You know, some of you get in the first team, some of you don't. You please for each other, or you know, do you get a bit, oh, he's got, and I haven't. How, how does that work? Um, 
First of all, the, tr the training, they, they all welcome us and match day squads, they welcome us because they want us to feel as re relaxed as possible so that, say, when we do come on the pitch, that we trust them and they trust us so that it's a, it's a good relationship that we have because we're going to ultimately, hopefully, be playing in the same team together. Um, I'm sorry, what was your second? The other question was, you know, are you all sort of pleased when some of you get in the first team squad, some of you don't? Are you all pleased for each other? Is it a bit of rivalry? Oh, he's got and I haven't, you know? Uh, no, like, ev everyone's pleased for each other. Obviously, people can have inside them the inner fight to do better than what players in your position are doing because you're ultimately, you, you want to be where they are and they want to be higher than what they are doing at the moment. So there's always going to be that fight, but it's it's nothing that gets out of hand. Uh, yeah, Zane Westbrook won uh, B-Team Player of the Year. How gutted are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I probably shouldn't say it, no. Um, no, Zane's been a brilliant player throughout the season and um, just been recently rewarded with his debut, so I think it's it's been a great season for him as well. Um, you mentioned um, about doing your best in uh, and sort of doing better than other people who are in your position. What do you think is your best position, and uh, how how would you kind of fit into the that role within the first team now? You want me to say who, whose position I take? No, um, I'd like to see myself as more more of an attacking midfielder. Um, getting forward and trying to get get on the end of crosses, score goals. Hopefully, when a free kick comes up, get on a free kick. But um, other than that, I don't mind doing the defensive work. But yeah, I think my my better play is the attacking play. At half time, when when you're a sub um, in the first team, you come on at Griffin Park and you you, you play those little real like five aside little keep it in the in the in the in the ring keepy uppies it looks a right good laugh can I can I join you one second <laughs> <laughs> well it depends if just stewards clock you or not it's up to you <laughs> so listen Reese, absolutely great listen Monday night as we keep saying this Griffin Park 7 o'clock get down there Manchester City you're going to try and get 2,000 3,000 B fans down there it's free it could be like that remember they played that FA Cup game it's free a youth team FA Cup versus Man United semi-final I think it was and we played the FA Cup game when um, Kotsa Marby got his uh, yeah he got his collarbone when Marcus Gale and them not jumped on top of him you know what I'm saying but it's massive but I think the crowd was about 3,000 something ridiculous let's see if we can beat that on Monday night just get down there be get there. your mates down there be there get all your mates down there and uh, you want to say something there was 160 there when they played Hounslow Town in the FA Youth Cup apparently Hounslow Town in the FA Youth Cup which is a long time ago uh, 160 people but, um, but uh, oh yeah okay the Grimesy Grimesy played at that time um, yes it was did so listen get down there Monday night um, big team game in Man City fantastic yeah 7 o'clock yeah it's coming you be there listen but talking about B teams B there B who's going to be in the Brentford team next season is the question mark after this twang so Sunday Apparently played a game on Sunday, but I can't remember what happened. It was a bit rubbish, but anyway. But on Sunday night, we had a good time. It was the Brentford Player of the Year Award. It was down at the Radisson Blue Hotel, just by Heathrow Airport. We went down there, um, and there's all sorts of characters down there. Everyone was down there, it seemed. 
Uh, well, nearly everyone was down there. And it was a good laugh, actually. It was a good good night. We saw the usual faces down there, the prizes. There was the auction. There was uh, a couple of cheats, actually. There was a bit of cheating going on as well, wasn't there, lady? A lot of cheating going on, yeah. There was the old bastard bingo, excuse my language. Um, yeah, there was like, so whenever your number was called out, you had to sit down. And I, I was getting a bit excited, I have to say. I'd made it through a fair few rounds, and I'd, I had my eye on whatever it was, a plate of meat or whatever the prize was. And... Uh, and just, it got to it got to two people, got to two people, and they read out all these numbers. And I'm thinking, there's no way this guy's got through, or, or this woman's got through without one of their numbers. So one of them eventually won inverted commas, and um, so he went up to claim his prize. And so you grasped him up. Yeah, I did grasp him up. Yeah. <laughs> Ma- so manners, yeah. manners, and justice, mate. I mean, you can't, no, I can't buy cheats, mate. And um, I just asked for a steward's inquiry. I politely asked to check his numbers. And he was a cheat. <laughs> and, uh, well, no, well, you know, I, I, I was up for giving him a little bit of a lesson, but you know, he still got off the prize, which I thought I thought it was wrong. But, okay, but but other than but, but obviously, but other than you not, you know, getting the thousand pound or whatever it was that night, which obviously really be begrubbed you, you know. So we had a we had a good night, so and it, and it was a bit of the sort of a kind of hotter versus Harley Dean night. It was just like you know, it was like sort of kind of the Grand National, wasn't it? The two horses are coming up to sort of Beaches Brook, like you know, jumping over the last 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 fence, and you know, who's going to go ahead to get the most prizes? And it was hotter, and it's Dean, it's hotter, Dean. Was it really quite like that? Actually, no, it wasn't at all. Actually, it wasn't. They just sort of kind of went up and sort of accepted their awards and then they went off again. Well, there, was some, there was some interesting speeches, though. There were some interesting speeches. Like which one? Like um, Harley's. Um, what was interesting about it? Um, he said some interesting things during it. Um, he, he alluded to previous coaches not being as good as we thought, which I, he didn't name them. Um, but um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think, I think there was... Yeah, it was, I think it was a, a slightly, not controversial, but it was slightly, quite, slightly edgy, I think. Well, if you read into it, then it maybe was a little bit controversial. I, well, I, I have to admit, I haven't read it again. At the time, I thought, oh, blimey, what did okay. Say? What did he say? He was saying that certain coaches weren't as, weren't as nice to him as other coaches. Didn't tuck him up in bed when they were away, in there and <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't. They didn't bring him like when he, he needs he needs hot milk and stuff before he goes to sleep and that. He needs and Oreos. Ra- and he Oreos and he needs raw meat um, when he wakes up. And some coaches gave him that, others weren't so. Okay, well, I, I have to admit, I mean, we sat down there, and we had had a few beers and a few wines at the time. We sat down, then he was doing his speech, and when he said his speech, we both went, "Ooh." It was a bit of a sort of ooh around the room as well. It was like, ooh, that was interesting. And um, because I think the interesting thing is because it was, he kind of named loads of coaches and he said, oh, he was good to me and this coach was good to me and that coach was good to me. But the others weren't, you know, this other one wasn't so. And it was like really kind of strange because also I think the thing about it is that there was a presumption that, you know, for, we talked about this earlier, that, we, that him and this coach actually got on very well. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I, I think that it's good to have a player and, and, and a captain and and, a, and I'm a very in, influential, important player in our squad who's confident in speaking his mind. So I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to knock him for it. Um, but what she just named him? <laughs> <laughs> right, because you're still guessing. Yeah, yeah, because we could say it's Warbs and he might say, "Oh, I didn't mention him." So or we could say it's Uve and he says, "No, I didn't mention him at all." That's true. 
So we're still guessing. We are guessing. Um, and equally, we're guessing about his future at the club because um, on his wife's Instagram the next day or the next morning, she said, um, I can't believe there's a picture of her with all her, um, with all the, um, the wives and girlfriends. And um, she was saying, I can't believe it's my last player's ball with these lovely ladies. So it would appear that she's not going to go to the Brentford ball again. So from that presumption, I think the Allard just turned around immediately and I think there's a few WhatsApps flying around. You made a presumption immediately, the Allard, didn't you? Yeah, to, to be honest, though, not, not, not from that. I just think that, and I've said this in a podcast before, so I'm not saying anything I haven't said before, is that we've got four centre-backs. Um, arguably, they could all play for the first team. That would suggest to me we're slightly overstacked at centre-back. Some people may have opinions about one or two of them um, or... or or not as to whether they they can or they can't. But we certainly got four that should be playing in the first team. Bearing in mind probably what they're earning and what they cost and what we would expect from them. Let's put it that way. Um, and therefore, you know, would it make sense not make more sense if you're only going to play two? Because we did try playing three, it didn't really work. Um, that you had three and a young centre back. Um, was put up into the first team. So if you agree on that, and that's what I put forwards, then you would say, which one are you going to sell? And I would suggest that um, you ain't going to... Well, basically, who's in the last year of their contract? Because they're the players that we sell. Um, uh, 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 Ali Malali, because, again, this, I mean, again, this is some back from... And everyone's pulled back a little bit, but there is, like I said, conversation going around, and I've seen it on social media, on Facebook, you know, out of our group and everything like that. Everyone's been, personally, I've had my head down in, we've done a lot of editing, which we might talk about a little bit later. We've been doing loads and loads of films at the moment, so I had to head down at a little moment. So trying to catch up on what's going on, no idea, no idea, no idea. And seeing people popping up going, it's hardly leaving, it's hardly leaving. They're asking us, like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. Now, again, I didn't see the Instagram picture until it was sort of sent to us about six hours ago, again, sort of reading into it. But, and as I said to you, it's, the fact is that they said, this is my last... Um, players ball with these ladies and it, I think it caused a storm because people say Harley's leaving but again Ali Malali you want to give a female point of view on this don't you? It's a slightly different interpretation because if you see who Harley's girlfriend she's not they're not married are they um, is sitting with it looks like to me it's Macca's missus and Sam's missus which suggests she won't be going to a ball with them again because they've left rather than because Harley's leaving. Okay. That's just my interpretation, an alternative interpretation. I'm going to, and again, I haven't. Again, the photograph sent to me, and I haven't examined it. Was was, was Bentley's um, other half there in, in the photograph as well? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what Bentley's other half looks like. Sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, my wife uh, has got a different interpretation. She thinks that uh, Harley's girlfriend is leaving him. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so that's an interesting one. So, so, so basically, so I'll say, Sav, you've blamed it on your wife because your wife's not on the podcast here. So, you, you, as my wife said it, it has nothing to do with me. No, no literally, I just I, I showed my wife the WhatsApp ring and you know, showed, showed her the, the Instagram thing, and, and that, that was her natural inclination was to say, Oh, she must be leaving him then. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe probably find a probably sort of a better way to announce it than that. Anyway, the Dutchman. I think it's time to play my Ask Reese Joker card. <laughs> and it's not as controversial as it could be. But what I want to ask is, we, we enjoy putting this nonsense together every week. Do the players listen to it? And on behalf of Liberal Nick, does Harley listen to it? <laughs> I, think, I think, yeah, like, um, some of the boys have spoken about it in the change room. 
most of the players know know about it. Um, I'm not sure whether everyone listens to it, but a few of us do, and it's it's yeah, it's it's the thoughts of you guys, of the fans. So we also want to know what you guys think of the performances and what you think is going on. Hey, they're going to be so jealous tomorrow when you yeah. say where you've been tonight. You know. <laughs> little, little, little did you know that tonight was going to be... Gonna be the Ali, the Ali, Ali, Ali little, little did he know tonight was going to be the best night of his life. <laughs> so listen, I mean, we're moving on from um, we're moving on from Harley because, like I said, we do know, we don't know. I mean, like I said to you, he's obviously he's not signing a new contract and he's just keeping... Um, say still about it at the moment now but at the end of the day that's a position that he can take because at the end of the day maybe he doesn't want to make a decision now maybe he wants to make it at the end of the month maybe he wants to make it in three months time at the end of summer or maybe I don't know maybe in January I mean that's that's the position that you're in and that's contracts work both ways as well as they say obviously for fans it's frustrating because at the end of the day you want to know that your players are all tied up and Brentford at the moment now we're in a position where we think we're going to do very well over the next couple of years so we want to get our key players tied up the Grimesy it might be that We've offered him a contract. We might have offered him a contract extension, and not a new contract. So, and that might have something to do with it because a contract extension means same terms or similar terms, whereas a new contract would mean improved terms. So it might be just in negotiations at the moment. Therefore, not much to say. Don't say anything at all. Maybe, but again, we can you know you can you know pontificate anything you want to because if you don't know what yeah if you don't know what the facts are then it could you know it could be anything the Dutch. I just want to say is I prefer players to stay quiet on these things and we've all probably criticised Harley in the past maybe for some social media activity and keeping quiet and I think it's good that people keep quiet you know they don't need to talk about contracts and we don't need to go public with all the stuff and you know if people are keeping quiet until negotiations are sorted one way or another then that's the way that it should be yeah. and I'm, I'm a little bit confused though. If, if he were to go is he going to go as a defender or a winger because on, on, uh, on Sunday he was literally all over the place not, not you know, well and in the dressing room early as well He's in the centre forward as well uh, last season, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and if he were to leave, then we just obviously got to wish him well. I mean, I, I, I hope he stays, to be honest. He's got better and better as the season's gone on. But he must be looking and thinking, you know, Tarky, you know, he sat on the bench for uh, 10 years or whatever, how long he's been there. He's got splinters coming out of his arse at the moment. And um, he must be thinking he's earned like five million quid by just sanding sand wood with his arse. So, um, so he must be thinking, well, I'll have some of that. Yeah, Dutch's point makes sense as well. Um, because actually, if the players sort of did tell us what was going on, we'd have nothing to talk about. So, it, you know, it, it's kind of better they don't. <laughs> Just to play devil's advocate, there's, if you were, if I was his agent, you'd be in his ear saying he's just been player of the season. He's not going to get a, a, a bigger bargaining chip to, to go out to clubs and say, I actually want what I'm on now plus 20-30% because he's just been player of the season. He's done, you know, he's, he's had a brilliant season. And I think, you know, you can look at players that have left who have gone on to other things. Jack O'Connell's just won League One is going to be playing in the Championship next year. So, you know, as much as I don't want him to go, I, I you know, really hope he stays. You know, it's it's wrong to think that, that you know, that there's not opportunities out there and he, he won't do very well at another club. I think the problem is we're fans. We're too engaged. It means too much. Sure, he likes likes Brentford but it's a job and he's been there a long time but what is he 25, 26 this is, this is the most important career of his life he's at his peak and he's probably got people in his ear saying you can triple your money now that's a big decision for someone to make I think he's proved himself to be a strong and stable leader 
Oh, yeah, so, and I, I know it's the time. It's like, don't you go sacking any any any, any people who are top of uh, of, of the any any companies associated with us anyway. But anyway, listen, everybody else as well. But we're talking about Harley, and we've talked about Harley a lot. Like I said to you, it's said to you, listen, stable team is what we want. Don't want him to go. We need to keep the team together and move forward. Harley, and also, and as Reese has said to him as well, he's been absolutely inspirational to him. You know, if he's been inspiration to Reese, must be inspiration to a lot of other players as well. So we need stability in the side. So we just, you know, let's just see how it goes. We can't force anything. We could just pontificate about it. But listen, other players out there as well. Um, we can't really go one podcast without talking about Hotter, can we? You know what I'm saying? We try to get past it, but all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we've got to talk about Hotter again. Like, okay, what can we talk about this time? Oh, yes, he's just uh, got a contract extension. Um, yes, he's just extended his contract, which sounds like great news, but maybe not such great news because the fact is we were hoping that we'd say, hey, Hotter has just signed for another 75 years to Brentford. Um, but it hasn't quite happened. So Hotter, we've... We knew what was going to happen. We'll extend it for another year. And then we're going to be on tenterhooks as to whether or not somebody's going to come in and bid £75 million for Hotter in the summer. Or he's going to stay and maybe wait until January and then we'll see how it goes. Or whether or not he just decides that he's going to actually sign a new contract. So, Beast fans, this is going to be a, this is a little bit kind of, a bit of a jangler for us, isn't it? Um, it is. And, and if anybody from any other football club is listening to this, they happen to be listening to this, um, basically hotter, one-footed, lightweight, I wouldn't bother. Can't tackle. Overrated. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen him head the ball, so yeah. Can't tackle. I, I want to ask Reece something about Hotter in training. Sorry, so wait a minute. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. So, We've got to introduce this properly. So, um, uh, so the, the the water man. Yeah. This, uh, this is your ask Reese moment. Well, my second ask Reese, but what is his right foot like? I mean, does he actually use it in training? Does he practice it, or is it just it's literally his peg leg? Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen his right foot yeah. be used. Hops around. But his left foot makes up for yeah. makes up for his right, so I can't complain. Geeks, he didn't have a right foot, did he? I genuinely think he's got a right foot. He just doesn't need to use it. His left foot is just so good. There's players who've only got one foot because they can't kick with the other one. I just think he just his whole game is based around being left-footed. You know, the way he cuts in, the way he controls it, the way he does it. He's, he's developed his whole game around being left-footed. And he can use his right foot. He just doesn't have to. It, uh, I, I do sort of wonder if actually... It might, it, I, I don't know because I know nothing about football, but I'm wondering if it sort of is makes it quite difficult to defend against when you've got somebody that you would expect to be using the yeah. inside of their right foot is using the outside of their yeah, left foot. Yeah. Um, I think Confusion. Maybe, yeah, I think Jake Bidwell may have been a little bit confused. Um, <laughs> and, and, and to be honest, you know, he probably should have been expecting it. Oh, well, I reckon he's got a brilliant right foot and he's just saving it up. <laughs> so, and then, and like I said to you, other players as well, listen, we cannot go this podcast where we're looking at end of the season and the fact is that Brentford have got a new right back that's come in from Denmark, I think his name is, and uh, we don't know too much about him. Um, he's he's older out of he's tall, very tall. He's about seven foot twelve, and he's um, it, 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 yeah, that's right. And he's um, tw- he's twenty seven years old, so he's slightly different to the normal Brentford player. But he's coming at right back. We don't know whether or not he's uh, first place, second place, third place, right back, anything like that. But he's got to put a question mark. Obviously, we're going to say this on Colin, and you know, Maxine Colin is he here? Is he doesn't? Is it the stage that we're strengthening our team for next season? Thinking we definitely need two players stroke three players for every position um question i mean just throwing it out to the characters what, what are you thinking anybody thinking maxine collin uh, well the, the rumor i heard is that he's got a kind of a trigger um release like um moses had of around three and a half four million 
uh, Collins is a superb player, and uh, <clears throat> but you know I can see a lot of people going after him. So if if he has to go, he has to go, and uh, it's good that we're thinking about game replacements him. I actually don't think it, Collins going anywhere. I think he's staying. I think we've brought in a, a proper le- a right back understudy. I don't think Josh Clark is a right back understudy. I think the new guy is. I, I agree. I don't think Collins going over anywhere. I think he's a bit under the radar at the moment. I don't think that many clubs have picked up on him. I would be surprised if he went. Au revoir. He's gone. He's gone. I, I actually think Josh Clark has proved to be a really, really good player. The past few games he's played when Colin's been out, I think he's been fantastic. So, again, wicked. Have you met him? He's the loveliest bloke in the world. He's really wicked. Met his, um, met his other half as well at the, the ball on, on, on Sunday as well. Spoke to him for a little bit as well. He had a little bit of a joke. A little bit. No, I didn't. Well, you know, she just windmill road probably. At least that's where he, you know, down that way. But anyway, listen. At the end of the day, fingers crossed. Max and Colin was, so we need the, the squad to, to to remain together. So fingers crossed, it's going to remain the same as well. Sorry, the yeah, lot. Now I'm thinking about it. You know, because we know where you know where Max and Colin lives because you walk past his place. There is a suspicious for sale sign. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Yeah. It's a bridge too far. <laughs> it's a bridge too far. And then, just quickly, any other players? Because we, we talked about all the rest of them before, and I think there's, you know, there may... Well, it's the Hoff. I mean, I mean I, I, But we I, talk about it week in, week no, out, don't we? Said, you, we this, but this is a section about players going. Oh, so, you know, so I, I, I do feel sorry for the Hoff because I, don't, I really don't think we've seen enough of him. But in the games we have seen something of him, he hasn't been good enough. So... Um, I, I think this is a wasted opportunity for him. Um, I, I, but, and I, but again, he's another one I wish well because whenever he's come on, I can't ever knock his his, his effort. And he, he tries so hard, but for a tall lad, he, he doesn't win enough in the air. And we don't. Whenever we brought him on, to, whenever we brought him on, we kicked it long, and that's not his strength. He's, he's a better technical player than that. So, so you know, I hope I hope the Hoff goes on and he and he fulfills his potential somewhere else. Hoff's had 91 minutes of first-team football this year. Wow. That's because Hoff is only good enough for 91 minutes of first-team football. In fact, I go as far as to say he's not that good. And that's why he should go in the summer. To be fair, I'd agree with Laney. I think we he, we would expect someone of his stature to be stronger and, and play, um, you know, be able to play the ball a bit more. He likes into his feet. We had players in Hogan and Vive that did that. We wanted something different from him. It's not worked out. Wish him all the best, yeah. and he'll, he'll get a, you know a good role in a, a European I club. Think, I think I say like we have a lot of players, and you know a lot of a lot of what we do is about taking risks in the transfer market. Some of them will work out, and some of them won't work out. And we can't berate the ones that don't work out. Then they're, they're not. He's tried his hardest, and I, I, I think I think he can go. He can go with a few regrets, and but I don't think we ought to lambast him. To be honest with you, I I, I agree 100. There was a when we circulated what we're going to talk about tonight. There was, and we maybe we'll come to this, maybe we won't. There was a must try harder section, and you know what? When I think of the whole squad, I don't see anyone not trying hard. And and there have been periods in our time as a club where I have thought there are players that aren't trying, that are sitting on contracts, and they're seeing them through. But I just see a hungry squad, and and some of them don't quite fit. Hoff, you know, he doesn't quite fit, and that's and, and that's the way it is. And um, you're not going to get everything right. So listen, the Hoff, 
I mean, and the the, the dean, and, the, and and we're talking about the Colin, and, and we're talking about the Hotter, and it's all a bit question marks going up there as what's going to happen with Brentford. We'll see how it goes as well. Um, but for now, what we're going to do is that we're going to look back on this season because we want to look back at the season just quickly, have a little bit of a light-hearted look at the season and the goods and the pros and the ups and the downs and everything else like that. And uh, let's just recount our season and how it went and how everybody thinks about it. So, end of the season. So, look, we've seen loads of games. We've seen loads of football. We've seen loads of brilliant things happening. We've seen loads of rubbish things happening. We've seen brilliant goals, terrible goals, terrible play, referees, nightmare. And, you know, we're just going to go around the table here. And it's going to be a little bit ad hoc because this podcast is absolutely bumper podcast. We've got the man Reese Cole in the house. Yay! He's still in the house as well. He's still here. We thought we might have snuck out. We thought, oh, my God, what am I doing here? Like, you know, I can't believe I agreed to do this. So, we've got everybody, like, in here. And we're going to just talk about our season because we've listen we're still top 10 we're a championship side and people are looking up at us now we've had a great season so let's reflect on this season to see what was good what was bad what was terrible whatever it's like listen tell you something what was your i'm gonna say favorite moment brentford moment of the season anybody put your hands up and favorite moment savvy b uh, slightly obvious but when uh, hotter lobbed bidwell in the first half against qpr and ran straight past him okay excellent excellent savvy b no repeats as well as well we got the we got, we got the grime team just a double over the rah-rahs. Fantastic. The Allard. Favourite moment in time was the um, the third goal by Kirschbaumer against Brighton. Um, it, we came back down to earth very quickly, but for those for that 10 or 15 seconds, that was just amazing. For so many reasons. The Mullally. Very recent, and Dan bent this penalty save against Fulham because I said immediately beforehand, he ain't going to save this. <laughs> uh, the Westbrook. 45 minutes. First half against Leeds. We were unbelievable. Mm. Which I missed. Yeah, right. I the Waterman. Potter's goal, second goal against QPR. I've never seen a better goal in 50 years watching Brentford. Yeah, but there are no repeats because he's already been no, said no, that no, as well. No, oh, he said that. Oh, 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 oh. That was a different taking of the Oh, this is. Oh, 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 Jesus. Listen, this is, this is getting just too much for me. I mean, I, I can't even handle it anymore. Reese Cole. It's got to be making my debut. That's probably got to be. Well, you mean your besotted podcast debut? <laughs> Both debuts have been brilliant. <laughs> I'd say um, Sawyer's goal at QPR. Yeah. I, yeah, thought, I thought that was just stunning. Top corner. We went ballistic, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I just say that for, that for that one? The look on his face when he scored as well was like... <laughs> I think the best moment was uh, John Egan's goal against Villa. Um, yeah. Just going absolutely potty. That was, it was, yeah, that was a great moment. Right, let's, let's move it on, move it on. I'm going to ask you, we've, we've done the, the best player of the year, we've done the player of the year, but what's more interesting is the most improved player of the year. Any hands up? Any hands up? Any moved to improved player? Laney? I'll say Nico Yunaris. Again, an, another player. I think he, he established himself in the middle last season from, from being a fullback. Um, I think, considering he's been injured a lot of this season, I think he's been really, really consistent. And he's weighed in with some goals as well. Um, I think, yeah, Nico Nuris has been Mr. Consistent. And as I said, he hasn't, he hasn't missed a game and he's been crocs. Uh, John Egan for me. Um, he, he played excellently when he came on. He's contributed lots of goals. And to make that step up so seamlessly from League One, you know, can't be faulted. I think he's done brilliantly. He's not played consistently either. He's been in and out of the team. But when he has come in, I think he's done very well. I say Josh Clark. He's gone from someone that I wouldn't have been that unhappy if we'd released him a year ago. So now he's going to be a championship regular. I think KK, I think people wrote him up after the first season, but every time he's come in, he's done well. I think Harley Dean. Um, he's gone from being you know, a player that was, a, that, that was a, clearly a first-team player, 
and I think he's a he's a you know he's become a leader. And to be honest, the last two or three months he's just been incredible. Uh, for me, it's Ryan Woods. I think uh, when when uh, at the beginning of the season he just seemed to have stepped up quite you know just massive from uh, last season. He's been a strong and stable leader in that uh, in that midfield. <laughs> Hoffman, those 91 minutes. <laughs> Better than the 63 at the previous year. I think probably Barbe for me because he's had to deal with two good centre-halves that played in, in, in that position in front of him, both in Egan and uh, Billund. And our run of good form at the end of the season came when he came into the side. So I was going to say Barbe, but um, I'll say Bentley because... He, was he playing in League 2, South, uh, South End? In league, in, in, are they in League 1 or League 2? Um, his kicking was pretty crap at the beginning of the season and I think that improved massively and he's probably one of our best players now and it's quite a jump up to championship from where he was. It is indeed and so we're going to moving on moving on quickly as well a slightly controversial award but listen people like want to say it there's like the elephant in the room award as well we've got to say it the must try harder award any hands up there for real Ali Malali Busby Busby apparently complete letdown in the mascot races Oh yeah, that's right. The mascot race up at where is it? Up at it was up at Barnsley. Up at Barnsley, and, Busby absolutely fluffed it, didn't he? And at Griffin Park. And, and at Griffin Park. Park. Anybody else must try harder? I'm going to be a bit controversial. So must try harder is going to be uh, Shaibu because I want to see him playing next season a lot. So I'd really like to see him push the first team. I think Brentford needs to try harder. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be really controversial. I'm going to say Josh Clark needs to try harder. He needs to try harder with his final ball. And he needs to try harder to get on the score sheet more often. I've said what I thought about the players trying harder. I think, to be fair, I think they all give 100% from what I can see. The club should try harder with allocation of seats for away games and Mm. trying to group people together who are like-minded. Yes, well said. Anybody who's trying harder, we'll move on, we'll move on as well. Listen, um... Anyone going to recount their favourite moment of the season? Should we have a favourite moment just quickly? Just a couple, two or three favourite moments of the season? Done that. Done that. Oh, no, your favourite, you've got your favourite. Yeah, yeah you, you've got your favourite. Yeah, I have you got a favourite moment of the season. So, um, tell you something. Okay. Oh, go on, yeah, on. I thought this was the elongated favourite moment of the season. So, I was going to say 90 minutes against Aston Villa, where I thought we were just absolutely exceptional. And we hadn't really seen that coming. I'll say my favourite moment of the year was the train journey back from Norwich. We absolutely got humiliated. Um, it was the game of the season that you and I, Bill, know that I needed Brentford not to lose. Yes. To not to lose five <laughs> nils was, was was even worse. I could, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll skip on from that. But however, how, however. The train journey back was one of the funniest hour and a half of my life. So that train journey probably saved Yeah. <laughs> uh, favourite moment was nearly leaving Burton at half-time after being battered 3-1, realising that we'd just put a hotter flag up uh, on the wall and we had to go back in instead of going to escaping and going to the pub and then watching us turn them over five. No, sorry to butt in my favourite moment was the podcast after Burton yeah. you, you, you're asking matey boy um, about he left at half time and he was telling me but I had no idea that he and I said to him how did you enjoy the second half he literally almost cried on the yeah. podcast yeah, that's that he right. left he left at half time and then he started crying and then he swore at me and he told me to go away in very not very nice terms <laughs> Go for the Sergi Canos song at Burton as well at the station. When um, you know we sang the same song for about an hour until his train turned up, poor sod. Um, that was quite good. I'm going to ask, ask, ask Reese. I'm going to ask Reese. So Reese, 
I mean, after that Sergi Canos moment, what, what did the players say about it? Did the players, because I mean, it's interesting because I saw um, Romain Sawyer's at Cardiff on the platform as well, like, because he probably thought, oh, no, Sergi does a train thing. I need to do the train thing. But I talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no one's singing to me. I tried to sing to him, but I haven't got a very good voice. Um, but I don't think he seemed to sort of know too much about it. I said, Sergi, you know, he's at Barnsley. He's like, no, I don't, I don't understand. But did the players actually know about it? Did they talk about it? Did they sort of kind of make fun or anything? I think, yeah, like the boys, everyone sees it on social media and that. Um, it's just a lot a lot happens in between, but it is, it is a laugh um, when it does happen, when you do see the videos come up on Twitter and things. Um, it is a good laugh. Yeah. What is it, tell you something, and, and again, I'm putting you on the spot here. Has there been any funny moments or anything like that or players that you know that you just went, this just went down and everyone was just absolutely making fun out of any players or just thought it was absolutely brilliant? Just some, just some silly moments from Rico. Rico is not the brightest fella in the side. And <laughs> he just comes out with some, um, just some silly stuff that he probably should just keep to himself. <laughs> so, so after the Man City game on Monday night, if you want to meet us at Brentford railway station <laughs> in, in, in your, your tracksuit and whatever on the other side we can sing across sing. the platforms <laughs> so listen so we've got that any other funny funny stories as well we know we could say well best away maybe best away day just all hands up all the hands are going flying up there the allot yeah peony um preston. preston away it's just it's just brilliant just everybody do it next year um it, it is just such fun Burton, because we went from being, oh my God, we're so shit, we're so shit, to, oh my God, we're the best team in the world. I really enjoyed Brighton away this year, going yeah. there and going there and winning. First half, we weren't great. Second half, I thought we looked great. Uh, Newcastle for me, um, a brilliant city to, to go out in. And I think even though we're going to go back to Sunderland and Middlesbrough next year, um, I think we'll probably be camping out in Newcastle. And anyone else? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Reading. We lost and I swore all the way home. But actually, we played the best football I think I've ever seen us play away from home and how we lost that game, I still don't know. But it was a great evening. Aston Villa for me, a team my son always known as a Premier League club, get, seeing us go out there, matching them, getting the point, that was a really good night. And for me, I enjoyed not only this too. Nottingham Forest away was really great because we actually smashed them on the park and uh, to the stage where, like I said, Hotter and Canos. And, and, and Reese Cole played as well, and it was on his debut. And the reason why I loved it is because Reese Cole made his debut on that day. <laughs> it made my day, and it made his day as well. But absolutely smashed him, smashed him off the park that day uh, to, the, to the stage. You know, to the stage, it was absolutely fantastic. And the, all the Forest fans as well um, applauding Hotter and Canos when they got substituted. I thought it was brilliant. And I'm just thinking, ask Reese, well, ask another Reese that question, because that was a great day for you as well that day as well. I must, must have felt it a lot. And we played some great football there as well. But how did it feel? Because did you feel the warmth from the Forest fans? Yeah, it's, it's a massive stadium. It's, as soon as we got to the stadium, we went out and had a look at the pitch and I was like, well, this is this is a big a big ground and hopefully it's full, full tonight. And I think... Throughout the game, when I was warming up, you could hear the Brentford fans over the Forest fans, and it was there was only I think 500, 800 or so fans there, but they were out singing 13, 14, 15,000 Forest fans at home, and the the, the players uh, appreciate it so much. My favourite moment, I think, was um, Fulham away. I think some of the singing and the atmosphere um, at Craven Cottage, I thought, was up there with some of the best. Again, we, I'm not going to go into the negative side. So, so sometimes <coughs> away games we're not vociferous quite enough. I think when we're when we're loud, we're loud. I think sometimes we, we we're not on the front foot singing wise, and sometimes at home. But <coughs> when, when we're when we're when we're loud, we we seem to really really 
loud, and I think Fulham, I think yeah. that was brilliant. The penalty save, penalty. <laughs> Fulham was yeah. absolutely outrageous. The limbs, as they say on Twitter, were incredible. <laughs> and the madness as well, as well. Again, we've been mad, mad busy. We've got so many little projects going on as well. We still haven't actually put out the Fulham video yet. It's still there in the can. Barnsley and Fulham videos will be coming out back into the season as well. But like I said to you, it's absolute vibes, absolute limbs, absolute madness that was going on there as well. So hopefully that'll be out as well. And also, like I said to you, we've done three videos, I think, for Brentford now as well. We've got another three videos that will be coming out as well soon for them, as you can see, for the season ticket campaign. Um... Which is all good, a vibe of that as well. And also, we just, just delivered one for Kick It Out as well for the disability campaign. We just done for one for Crawley as well, which has come there. So, it's just come back from the Kick It Out office, and they love that as well. So, hopefully, you'll see that soon. So, Besotted is actually doing all sorts of stuff all over the place. And hopefully, you know, we're flying the flag for Brentford and doing things in football, not only in Griffin Park, but all over the place as well. But listen, anybody else is going to throw something into the pot on the best and worst? I mean, is, is any funny stories at all? Um, uh, the rhymes, you've got a funny story? Is it's it not funny? funny story, but my worst moment this season. <laughs> was moving to Leicester to, Leicester to live and Leicester to live in September and thinking that with my pals I've got a few pals in the Midlands there I could go and see Nottingham Forest Burton and Derby away and I missed all three of the games for different reasons I'm loyal I'm loyal so listen anyway look we come out of that the best and the worst is there anything best and the worst anyone got any other things that they've got the Westbrook Worst, two worst moments. One was half-time at Burton. Everyone's saying, hang on, we're going to get relegated here. We lost the two games in the week, 3-1 down, thinking we might be in trouble. And Norwich away, just so terrible. And the atmosphere in the away section was just poor. People were getting angry. Those were the two worst moments of the season. Any other, any other worst moments of the season? I don't want to end up on a worst, but we might as well do it all here. Yeah, Norwich at home. I thought, oh, we, were, I thought we were cowardly. I thought we were just set up not to lose. And it was just 95 minutes of... Drab. Another to, to to you know to, to bring it back to to another positive. I think it was good to see uh, Martin Allen back at Griffin Park in the cup. That was that was a good moment. So, okay, so it's a good moment. So it's a good, it's a good good moment. Any other moments? Just throw in your moments. At Chelsea, actually, because oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's a bad moment. Yeah, we always expected to lose because Chelsea are quite clearly the best team in the country at the moment. But it, we didn't even try. We didn't turn up. I don't know whether they had stage fright, whatever. But it was oh. Jack Bonham playing his league debut absolutely brilliant the amount of grief he's got on social media and otherwise is completely out of order and the fact that he made a had a really good display to be be fair there's a few other players that i think we can say that about we can say you know um we can say about Sawyers as well is that the grief he's got and yet he's come on in the second half of the season and he's and he's and he's come on and he's you know he's proved people wrong I'd say Exeter away as well. Exeter <laughs> away, we were, kind of, we were looking at the game and we'd think, I just want to go home. Just want to go home. No extra time. Please, no extra time. And the extra time happened, didn't it? And that was quite... <laughs> I got home very late. What a positive one. Yotta's reception when he came on against Eastleigh yeah, for, yeah. His, for his comeback was an amazing experience. That was kind of almost tingling, you know, the, the, the anticipation as he was getting ready to come on. Yeah, and luckily, he's justified that. His performances since, and then just quickly, just to finish on the high, any other positives as well? Because we've done the negatives as well. Just finish off on a couple of positives as well. Season ticket freezes. I know that's a bit of a weird one because it's not an in-game thing, but the fact that the the, the season tickets haven't gone up in price this year is, I think, a brilliant step from the club. Reese Cole, you must have. I mean, I know that you made your debut and everything like that, but there must be another positive this season. Whether I don't know, you, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but any positives? Um. I'd say, obviously, for me, my debut, like you said, but like was mentioned earlier, for some of the players that 
do receive stick on social media and that, like Bonham and Sawyers and Kirsch and that. Um, I think when Jack did play, he was brilliant and remains remains done his job all season and Kirsch has done what he's needed to do when they come on. So I think, um, yeah, I think they've justified their places in the team. Any other positives, positivity going on down here at all? Yeah, I just think we've got a young squad who are going to get better. And I like also we sign decent men. There's no, you know, you don't sign idiots or unpleasant or people that don't fit in. I think it's a great dressing room and a great club. And also interesting, again, we put it out there as well, Experiment 351 just put out the fact that Brentford um, and Barnsley both had the youngest squads that they put out there. People actually played. So Brentford squad and Barnsley squad, average age of 24. Brighton won the league. I think their average age was about 28 or 29. And other teams in between, I think Fulham was about 25, 27, I think it was. So Brentford, the youngest squad. So the fact is that, you know, we've got players like sort of kind of Reese Cole who are coming through and going into the side. And that's kind of our ethos, our mentality. Whether or not that's you know, right or wrong, whether or not we need maybe a little bit more experience in there or not. I mean, obviously, with Alan McCormack leaving now, it's probably going to drop to about 16. But, um, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, listen, you know, I mean, th- is this a good thing? I mean, do we talk about that in the club? Is that one of the things they're saying? Listen, it doesn't matter how young you are, because I know, I mean, I spoke to Dean Smith at the QPR um, B team game, and he was just saying, listen, it doesn't really matter how I just throw them in the side, doesn't really matter. 60, I guess I got thrown in the, in, the, in the first team when I was 17, you know, and that's just what happens. I mean, he, he doesn't really care, does he, how, how, how young or old you are? I just think um, it's how you adapt to. To the situation you get you get put in you either deal with it or you don't deal with it and that decides what ultimately I think whether you're going to be a footballer or not if you can deal with it good great carry on and keep on improving if you can't then it's a shame because ultimately you're not going to be good enough so listen, listen. we've had a good old chat. We're going to just round it up a little bit now. We're just going to just have a little bit look forward to the end of the season and what's just going to be going on beyond that. So absolutely bumper podcast here. Wicked Cross Keys in, well, Stanford Brook in Hammersmith, just around the corner. Fantastic little pub. Um, we saw the garden a bit earlier, but now it's dark because we've been here for so long. And uh, But still great, great little pub. If you ever come down there, just check them out. They're really, really lovely, really, really lovely people, and they'll just sort you out. Really great. So I'm here with the Bicosotted crew, and we're having a right laugh here as well. And we've also got the first Brentford player to ever appear on the Bicosotted podcast. We go! So everyone's still awake, which is all good. Like he needs you know, he needs a song. Uh, he's gonna get a song. We're gonna get a song after he's gone a little bit later. But listen, end of season, fantastic season. We're top ten, and no one can deny that from Brentford. And next season, we are going to go up. We're going to even go up even higher. Fingers crossed if we can do that. But what we want to know is that we're going out for the summer, and Brentford will be back in August. And I mean, I just want to know from everybody, what did you really hope for this summer? when you come back in August from Brentford FC? Um, this summer, I hope, uh, it's a bit, bit of a long shot, but I hope we move the dugouts back to the other side of the pitch. So, no, so, no. That, so that the opposition manager has to sit behind loud moaning people who's constantly swearing at them all the time rather than the family stand. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to see a team full of uh, strong and stable leaders. Oh, uh, I want to see a squad that can finish higher than we did this season. Oh, so he's playing on the fact that he actually... Pred- so yeah, he, pred- yeah, he predicted the fact that he was 13, so he's just playing on that. Anyway, go on, the Dutchman. I'd like to see our transfer business done early, so we're all ready, know what we've got, and then we can start building for the new season. So you want to change the whole sort of kind of transfer system? So everyone- I just want to know if we're going to buy, we buy soon, and we retain the ones we got, and we sign the contracts where we can, 
and we all know we'll be game rather than the kind of people game after the season started nonsense that we've had in previous years. So we, change, so we have to change all the other teams. We'll go to all the other teams in the league and tell them to change their business. No, you have to work within the system and you have to beat the system. Oh, Reese Cole. Um, I just think have a strong season. Um, hopefully finish higher than what we did this season and try and push for the playoffs. Um, I hope, hopefully, we can sign Joseph Zoon um, on a on a longer contract. Um, hopefully, we can extend Yotta's announcement that it's going to be more uh, a one season deal. Hopefully, we can get him on a three or four year deal. Um, I think hopefully we might be able to incentivise him to help us find Spanish talent rather than just let him go as a player somewhere else. I think there's a role for him to help Brentford move on to another level. I think we need to be clever. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not assuming. I'm not, I'm not insinuating that we're not being clever. I just think there's a way of keeping him at Brentford and helping us grow. Um, I just want us to carry on the ethos of, the, of what I've seen of the club in recent years. Um, during the transfer window, let's go out, let's let's get value, let's get young players. I don't want us to sign any, I won't say past it, but any any money grabbing, older players. Um, let's carry on with the young players. If it costs us three or four plays in the league, I don't give a shit. So no Joey Barnes, yeah? Exactly. But I can think of worse. Um, I would just like to see us um, retaining more of our playing staff than we sell. That's true. Yeah, apart from keeping the important players, the new kit has got stripes on the back. I think everything's been said. I was going to say hotter, but um, I would say, yeah, retain as many people as we can and go for promotion. And then uh, it's almost like you come around to it and you're the last one, so you've said everything. But for me, as far as stability, so I want everything to stay the same. I want all the players to stay in. Absolutely everyone, all the staff, all the players, everybody to stay the same. And we had a little bit because if we do that, we're going to be unstoppable next season. Can they reopen that pub that closed? I, I can never remember. It. I can never remember. His, I never remember his name because no one ever went there. But yeah, just reopen that pub. So, that, so in the pub quizzes that it actually works out. Yeah, it's a pub quiz. For, for, you know, the notoriety. Because I can't tell anyone that we, we've got a pop on every corner of the ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's right. So listen, this is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. We have to just say very last time that on Monday, you need to get out there. Griffin Park, 7 o'clock. Brentford are playing Man City. Reese Cole's going to be in there, in, playing and smashing the Man City off the park with all his mates. They're going to be scared. They're coming down here. But we've got the Brentford crew in the house. Listen, we're going to be back in the summer. We've got no idea when we're going to be back. But we'll come back to you. It'll be a surprise to you. When we do, you're going to be very, very happy. This is the end of season podcast. Reese Cole's in the house. Number one man. Number one Brentford player to be on our podcast. And we're very happy as we say... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.